Broadcasting live from a hollow tree stump in the middle of no man's land. You've reached Married with Comedy with Jeff Onyx. Yeah. Huh. Got our new music. That's actually old music. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 27. Joe's missing. Joe's not here. Marty was going to be in, but uh, we couldn't get all that stuff like tickety-tack going on. There are a bunch of chairs here because I invited other people who didn't want to be on because they got some kind of like problem being on. So, you know, whatever. It is what it is. So uh, they're not on, but I am. On today's show, we've got... What in the Sam Hill? Um, Josie and Jovi. Uh, we're going to have the trivia question of the week. They got the word of the week, the trivia question of the week. We're talking about cloth. We're talking about the movie Halloween. Uh, the one with Jamie Lee Curtis when she's a prepper. Um, natural remedies and a bunch of celebrities. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah. So let's jump in, shall we? We're gonna jump right in it. What are we gonna jump into? We jump right into the uh, word of the week. Word of the week. Boom. You know it's really funny. Yeah. This this space is gonna be empty right here. That space right there is gonna be empty. Cause uh, everybody sucks. You all suck. Okay. Today the the phrase of the week is Sam Hill. Um, like, uh, you know, what in the Sam Hill's going on here? Okay. So, uh, let's see. In the Castle's Dictionary of Slang, it says the exclamation Sam Hill originated in the early 19th century in America as a euphemism for hell. Um, you know, people, instead of saying, oh, what the damn hell is going on? They'd say Sam Hill which sounded close to hell, hill, hell, whatever. Uh, what in Sam Hill is going on? The Oxford Dictionary says that the origin of the expression is not known. The first published reference to the uh, OED is um, from August 21st, 1839, in an issue of Havana, the New York Republican, what in Sam Hill is the feller that feller bawling about was the actual quote. So 1839 was the first time it was actually published. Um, uh, there was no guy named Sam Hill. Um, so, you know, and, and, and when it's written, Sam Hill is actually written lowercase, not uppercase. So, uh, so, you know, also, also with uh, golly and gosh instead of God, you know, that's how they use the word in reference to other words. So, you know, just like, oh, cheese and rice. What are you doing over there? Like that cheese and rice. So, hi, Lori. 
Lori's listening. Cheese and rice. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was that. That was that segment. Word of the week. Boom. I'm gonna put on my glasses so I can read. Oh, remember you can send us fan mail. Fan mail. Care of Comedy Vets, P.O. Box 369, Lathrop, Missouri 64465. Or if you are an angry feminist, you can send us hate mail. H-A-T-E-M-A-L-E, Care of Comedy Vets, P.O. Box 369, Lathrop, Missouri, 64465. Yeah. You can you can uh, send us fan mail or hate mail, whichever you'd prefer. So let's get into it. Now we're going to do um, this week. This week in comedy history. Here we go. This week in comedy history. Boom. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stay in my spot where I normally am for this this part right here. Boom. August 9th. Well, let's see. October 5th, 1957. Bernie Mac was born and he died August 9th, 2008. Best known as a stand-up comedian. You might not know. Um, let's read this because uh, this is an interesting thing. You might not know... Come on, I gotta find it. You might not know something went down. No, 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 no. I was gonna read the whole thing about what happened to Bernie Mac. It says, read. Read about Deaf Comedy Jam. Okay, so we're going to read about Deaf Comedy Jam. All right. So, at the age of 32, um, so Bernie Mac was going to be on HBO's Deaf Comedy Jam, okay? And uh, Martin Lawrence was uh, on stage, and the crowd was just freaking out, just just being unruly. And Martin Lawrence couldn't couldn't keep them contained, couldn't keep them calm. They're being really hostile. So Bernie Mac went out on stage and said, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers, telling the audience that he, uh, quote, didn't come here for no foolishness. And then Bernie Mac went on to do his uh, famous routine there, Deaf Comedy Jam. So, yeah. August 10th, 1954, Rick Overton was born. Best known as a comedy writer for the Dennis Miller, Dennis Miller Live. You might not know he made his on-screen debut in the film Young Doctors in Love in 1982. August 11th, 1967, Joe Rogan was born. Known as a comedian, podcaster, and UFC color commentator. You might not know his podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, is the largest podcast in the world Currently, you also might not know that uh, Joe Rogan's net worth is around $100 million. Not bad for a comedian, right? August 12, 1971, Michael Ian Black was born, best known as a comedian, writer, and director. You might not know his real name was Schwartz. He changed his name to avoid confusion with another actor named Michael Schwartz or Mike Schwartz. Michael Schwartz didn't want to be mistaken with Mike Schwartz. 
Boom. August 13th, 1930. Bernard Manning was born and he died June 18th, 2007. He's an English stand-up comedian and club owner. You might not know that he was in the British Army. Let's read this. Okay, so he was in the British Army after World War II. And while he was in the British Army after World War II, he decided he would entertain the troops, his fellow soldiers. And he did a little music comedy thing. Uh, it got so popular, he started charging money charging for tickets. People kept paying the higher ticket prices. And no matter how high he made the ticket prices, people still came and uh, the audience grew. So this guy right here, back in World War II, apparently he he he, uh, he guarded some Nazi soldiers and stuff. Nobody can tell that's true. August 14, 1945, Steve Martin was born, best known as a stand-up comedian. And you might know, you might know this guy from like Little Shop of Horrors, uh, you know, Saturday Night Live, stuff like that. Um, you might not know, he wrote the lyrics for the Broadway musical Bright Star and the Broadway comedy Meteor Shower. Boom. Boom. August 15th, 1970, Anthony Anderson was born, best known for his stand-up comedy. Boom, 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 boom. Um, let's see. Oh, and, and for the sitcom, uh, Blackish, where he's a producer, he's a producer on that. All right. So, uh, you might not know Anderson's first attempt at stand-up comedy was a complete failure. He, he just totally bombed, didn't do a good job. Um, and that's when he met fellow comedian, um, Guy Tory who encouraged Anderson to not give up on his dream of being a comedian and to continue on. And the rest is history. History. And that was this week in comedy. Yeah. I had conjecture of fact up there the whole time. That was this week in comedy history. Oh, these, these uh, lower thirds are really hard to do, bro. Hard to do. All right, where are we at? Boom. This is the point where we're going to have Joe do lisping lyrics, but, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's not on the phone and, uh, he, uh, we, he, he couldn't figure out the link I sent him. I sent him a link to be on so we could have him on here, but he, he couldn't figure it out, but I didn't give him only like 10 minutes to figure it out, but that's okay. It's my, my, my bad, my bad. All right. Outpost survival tip of the week. And we're going to finish off the Outpost Survival Tip of the Week, the 10 C's of Survival. We started with cutting tools. This is uh, made by Dave Canterbury, the 10 C's of Survival. Um, number one was cutting tools. Number two was combustion. Number three was cordage. Number four was container. Number five was cargo or, or um, duct tape, uh, gorilla tape. Number six was compass. Number seven was cover. Number eight was candle or light. Number nine was combination tool, and number 10 is cloth. So cloth, I got a lot to say about this. Okay, so, so a lot of people, when they hear cloth, they think of bandanas, okay? You can get two bandanas for a dollar at the Dollar Tree. You can get them for a buck at the Walmart. Sometimes they come in a two-pack or a three-pack at Walmart. But it's, it's really important that you look to see if they're 100% cotton or not, because that makes a big difference. Let's see, what is this? You see, this is 100% polyester. 
100% polyester. Not good. Not good for uh, for the purposes that we're talking about. I mean, it's better than nothing. Having a polyester thing is better than nothing, but having a 100% cotton thing has way more uses and is a lot lot better at you know keeping you cool. Um, you could also use a neck gaiter. That could be your cloth. Uh, some people use one of those things like the the people in the Mid East wear. Not a turban. It's a it goes around your neck and around your head and uh, I can't even remember what it's called, but it's one of those things. Um, but in a pinch, you can get two washcloths from the Dollar Tree, 100% cotton for a dollar. Um, why is 100% cotton important? 100% cotton as opposed to polyester is important because if you have a, a some type of a tin, you can make char cloth using 100% cotton. Polyester melts. It doesn't doesn't turn into char cloth like cotton does. Uh, also, cotton is better uh, for um, for um, medical purposes and things of that nature. So, 100% cotton is better, especially for making char cloth and things of that nature. And you could make strips out of this. You know, um, always keep some kind of a cloth, towel, table or um, washcloth, hand towel, some kind of type of towel. In your bug out bag at all times of course the polyester takes up less room you can cover your head uh, from bugs from the sun from cold weather you can cover your face um, you can you can protect yourself from different weather conditions and things of that nature so the polyester is okay for that kind of stuff but 100% cotton works a lot better 100% um, cotton it, it retains water moisture a little bit better than the polyester so if you were to be in a situation where you're extremely hot you can put water in a hundred percent cotton cloth and it'll keep you cooler longer than a polyester blend or a polyester thing so yeah that was the outpost survival tip of the week boom and that ends the 10 c's of survival as presented by dave or is uh prepared by dave canterbury so yeah all right. Oh, the trivia question. All right. So last time, I was going to say last week, but last time we were on, the trivia question was, what U.S. president coined the phrase good to the last drop when referring to coffee? What U.S. president coined the phrase good to the last drop? And it was, it was... Theodore Roosevelt. I mean, I'm not going to show you on the screen, but Theodore Roosevelt. It was Theodore Roosevelt. Good to the last drop. All right, this week's trivia question is, and if you know the answer, clickety-clack, titty-tack, put it in the chat, comments, whatever. Send us a thing if you wanted to go to chat.kccomedy.com and put it in there. You could go to chat.kccomedy.com. Maybe I should... Uh, Go on there and see what what people are saying, because I, I keep forgetting to pull it up. So chat.kccomedy.com. Chat.kccomedy.com. Come on, what the hell? There it is. Boom. No, that's not it. Chat.kccomedy.com. Go. Why is he doing a search thing? 
It shouldn't be searching. It should be going. I hate that. I hate that when you actually type in a website address and it doesn't actually go to where you want it to go. All right, so there's nobody in the chat right now. All right. Chat.caseycomedy.com. Okay, today's trivia question is, or this week's trivia question is, what color is a polar bear's skin? What color is a polar bear's skin? That is the trivia question of the week. Trivia question of the week. All right, so let's do... Um, Let's do the breakdown. Breakdown. So that was uh, trivia stuff. Trivia. Oh, snap. And we need a breakdown. Breakdown. Shakedown. So we do the breakdown. We're going to break down the movie Halloween. Halloween. This is Halloween. Do, 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 do. No, not that movie. Okay, so the movie Halloween. Okay, it's the Jamie Lee Curtis joint where Jamie Lee Curtis is. Um, it's like the 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 sequel to the original Halloween series, where Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, uh, oh, Mrs. Onyx is in the Casey comedy chat. She's in Zuck Jail. So, um, what was I gonna say? Oh, Halloween, the movie Halloween. Okay, so Jamie Lee Curtis, um, her character is an adult now. Michael Myers has been in prison for an extended period of time. Uh, Loomis, Dr. Loomis is dead. Uh, another doctor is um, studying Michael Myers. Um, there's a documentary podcast couple who are wanting to interview um, Michael Myers. They interview the doctor. They try to interview uh, um Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Um, so, you know, throughout the movie, stuff happens. All right, so they're going to be, spoiler alert, they go to transfer Michael Myers, and he escapes. Because <laughs> there wouldn't be a movie. He escapes. So uh, he escapes, uh, and he's running around uh, on Halloween, killing people and stuff, trying to get to... Jamie Lee Curtis and Jamie Lee Curtis's family. Uh, and along the way, Jamie Lee Curtis is trying to convince her family that Michael Myers is a lunatic and he's trying to kill them and he can't be stopped and they got to go to her house. So a um, couple irritating things. Okay, so the, the sheriff guy who was, I was there that night. I know what happened. That dude. There's a scene where he's walking around with this, his um, firearm in his hand. And his thumb is over the top of the hammer. So if he actually fired that firearm, he would um, injure himself in a drastic way. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, Lori got it in the Facebooky thing, but I'm not going to say what the answer is till next week. All right. So, oh, the next one's called Halloween Kills. So it's supposed to come out in October. Anyway, so um, so the cop, he has his hand on, on the firearm, but he has his thumb over the hammer. So if he were to actually fire that gun, he'd, he would break his finger. He'd break his thumb. 
break his thumb. Then they show Jamie Lee Curtis and she's all badass doing all this stuff with these firearms, pre prepping them and stuff. And they show her take a shotgun. She's like, and she looks like this down the sight of a shotgun with it up against her face. So anybody who's ever shot a shotgun, you know, you don't put a shotgun up against your face. And if she actually pulled the trigger with a shotgun against her face like that, she could break a cheekbone or lose an eye. So those two things bug me. It bugs me when people who have no idea about firearms put firearms in their movie and they don't even study it enough to know that the people are holding the firearm wrong. They, they don't even they don't even figure it out that they got it all wrong. Okay, so um you know that goes down. Um Michael Myers kills a bunch of people, follows Jamie Lee Curtis, um somehow figures out how to get to Jamie Lee Curtis's house. Oh, oh no, no. The doctor the, the doctor puts Michael Myers in the car in the cop car with Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter character and drives to the, the house where Jamie Lee Curtis is at. So, um, you know, Michael Myers killing cops, killing doctors, killing people, uh, killing asshole, stupid husband, um, of the, of Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter character. Um, and then, you know, they go in the house and it's supposedly, a trap to kill Michael Myers and they trap him in the house and the house, you know, has gas lights on fire and he dies. So yeah, but there's another movie coming out called Halloween kills. So either a Michael Myers didn't die and didn't get incinerated or B somebody else is going to be the, the murderer. I don't know. Is it going to be like a, like a Friday the 13th thing, you know, where like Jason's mom was actually the killer for a while there. I don't know. You don't know. So that's the breakdown. We're breaking down Halloween. Halloween. That's the breakdown. Yeah. So you guys can check that out. Man, we are booking along. And check it. You need to know something. Um, this is going to be a short show. Just a heads up. Might not even get to an hour. We're like 23 minutes in. And I've already gone through most of my stuff. Because I, I, you know, I'm, I was prepared to have other people on the show. But I didn't give them enough time to practice. So we need to practice this remote viewing kind of thing. Alright, so. Let's see. Uh, oh, the Pathetic Pet of the Week. Let's pull up the Pathetic Pet of the Week. Or should we do, uh, can, yeah, well, let's do the Pathetic Pet of the Week first. Here we go. Pathetic pet of the week. You guys are going to enjoy this. Boom. This week's pathetic pet of the week is a double, double shot. Josie and Jovi. Josie and Jovi. I don't know which one's Josie, and I don't know which one's... This is probably Josie, the one in the front, and the one in the back is probably Jovi. Josie and Jovi are chihuahuas. In Shawnee Mission, Kansas, they are young, female, small, black and brown, chocolate covered, or chocolate covered, <laughs> chocolate covered, 
Chocolate co chocolate colored, not chocolate covered. Chocolate covered chihuahuas are not good. Not a good thing. Who remembers the juniorettes? Two of them have put on weight and have had their veterinary work complete. This is Jody and Jovi, a sister brother duo. Oh, sister brother duo. We guess them to be around one to two years old, both petite in size prior to coming to the LL. DR, LL Dog Rescue. Uh, they had only been indoor dogs and only met one person. They would like to find a home together where they can learn about the big world they've heard about. They'll need help with potty pad or outside housebreaking because they don't know how to go outside. They need a quiet, patient home as they adjust. Up until this point, their life has been very limited coming from a hoarding home. They had not been abused, just neglected of attention. If you think you might be their home, please email lldogrescue at yahoo.com, located in Overland Park, Kansas. Lori's son is extremely interested in being on our show. Um, well, Lori, you can, you can like, Send a private message later. We'll we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll have your kid on. Yeah. So anyway, that that's the pathetic, pathetic pet of the week. Here, let me even say pathetic pet of the week. Josie, and Jovi. So this is Josie in the front. Jovi the boy is in the back. Josie and Jovi. Yeah. Pathetic pet of the week. So it's pathetic pets of the week. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what that is. That's the pathetic pedestal of the week. So, yeah. Boom. You know what we need to do? We need to thank, uh, take a look at our sponsor, DeCarlo's. DeCarlo's Chunky Salsa. Regular kind of salsa, taco sauce, and Mexican marinara in mild, um, smoky something else so i guess it's probably mild and hot and smoky and other kinds so um that's what's going on yeah so my old lady was saying that her and her mom were looking at josie and jovi we have too many chihuahuas kid no more chihuahuas don't be don't be throwing down with no more chihuahuas look at this i got a drink uh-huh I got a clear drink. By the way, you probably can't tell, but I got whiplash. I didn't have my knee surgery. We paused for a couple weeks from my knee surgery. That didn't happen. I got uh, whiplash. Was out last week because of the whiplash. Was going to be out again this week because of the whiplash, but decided, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna power through. So if, I, if my neck looks stiff, it's because of the stupid whiplash. All right. Um, uh, Let's see. We're going to go ahead and do uh, the conjecture of fact. Yeah. Conjecture of fact. Here we go. Conjecture of fact. Why don't doctors prescribe natural alternatives to stuff? Why is that? Why is that if you go to a doctor's office and let's say um, honey and lemon is the best thing for your throat, instead of telling you to just go ahead and gargle with, with, 
or drink something with honey and lemon or have honey and lemon tea they they tell you to go to the to the store and get some over the counter thing or they prescribe something for your throat sepical or something like that uh, a new study published in the health services research journal shows that physicians and nurses are more likely to turn to alternative and complementary medicine than the general public when treating themselves this is a strangely this is strangely at odds with the fact that few doctors will prescribe or recommend natural health products to their patients why why is that what are natural health medicines uh, complementary medicine also termed natural alternative medicine incorporates all manners of techniques and natural supplements it covers acupuncture massage pilates chiropractic techniques meditation and the use of herbs and minerals among other things many of these practices have been used for thousands of years yet fail to be acknowledged by the mainstream by mainstream medicine in the study mentioned above it found that 63 percent of the general working population use some type of um use complementary complementary medicine so they use some form of natural healing while 76% of those working in healthcare use complementary medicine so that means 63% of the general working population use it but 76% of those who are healthcare workers um, use alternative medications um, they seek treatment from massage therapists acupuncture chiropractors other healthcare workers they were three times more likely to be tapping into natural treatments such as yoga and herbal supplements with lower standard of education. So, yeah, that's what's going on with that. You know what I'm saying? Boom. I'm just checking the chats while I do this. Okay. The rules binding doctors from recommending natural alternatives. Doctors are generally aware of what complementary medicine has to offer. In fact, they're better educated than most people about both orthodox and alternative medications or medicines, uh, metal, medicine options. However, they are unable to suggest any natural health therapies to patients due to their employment contract. Regulations by health insurance companies prohibit doctors from suggesting natural non-drug treatments as a condition of their employment contract backed up by the medical board regulations. So, yeah, like they're not allowed to say it. They're not allowed to talk about it. Don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, don't tell anybody what's up. Oh, yeah, okay. And uh, Lori says the same thing goes for um, animal medicine. And animal medicine, same thing goes for them. So uh, let's see. The medical industry is hugely profitable and naturally the powers that be jealously guard their cash cow. Most money is made by patents on cancer-fighting drugs and other new treatments. If doctors start to prescribe or recommend natural supplements instead, the, medic the medical giants do not have the patents to to profit from them so the example that i gave the uh honey and lemon a pharmaceutical company a doctor a big corporation they can't make a patent for honey and lemon so because they can't patent it 
they can't prescribe it. So, okay. It's because they can't profit from it. Another reason why doctors ignore safe and sensible natural tr treatments in favor of prescription drugs is that the system teaches them to only advise and prescribe drugs. It is, a hu it is human nature to take the safe option and prescribe what is familiar, widely taught, and in line with what every doctor is doing. The risk of bucking the system is simply too great. Those who bow to their own convictions will generally leave mainstream medicine or med medical practice and set up their own natural health practitioners, leaving even fewer doctors in rec recommended sensible natural therapies or to recommend sen sensible therapies. Um, when, uh, when I was going through my cancer treatment, um, I was told to do like Brazilian nuts and a whole bunch of other stuff to, to heal the prostate. And I didn't do chemo and chemo and radiation like they told me to. Um, the doctors were telling me to. The, the, the place that was telling me or giving me advice on the prostate stuff, which worked, those people, um, the, the, the husband was sent to prison for uh, practicing medicine without a license for telling people, hey, if you have this ailment, this herb works good for that. If you have this, this ailment works good, for, or this, this herb works good for that ailment. And they were giving basic information like that. They later got around that by offering um, uh, an, an opportunity for people to give advice to each other. So like I could go on there and I could say, you know, I had this and this is what happened to me and this is what I took and uh, this is how it uh, benefited me. So that's how they got around it for a little while. And then they said, you can't do that either. You're not allowed to share um, your, your experience about how you benefited from it. So then they got shut down. So those people got shut down. They were doing great work for a lot of people and then they got shut down. Supplement, not substitute. The best way to take advantage of the wonders of modern medicine is to get the benefit of ages old wisdom in, is generally to supplement medical treatments with natural products. However, you should check with your physician that there were, uh, that there would be no contradictions, contra indictions or bad reactions. Let me give you an example of this. Um, there is a, um, uh, an herb that you can take that allows you to, uh, to heal your thyroid gland without having to take something like Synthroid or a synthetic thyroid, um, um, what do they call that? Hormone. So it's, uh, it's a natural supplement that allows your thyroid gland to heal. But if you took the natural thing, you couldn't take the, the synthetic hormone or the synthroid at the same time because one is building up your, your thyroid gland and one is supplementing your thyroid gland and basically destroying it. So you couldn't do both at the same time. Uh, another thing was um, when you're doing um, natural holistic treatment for cancers, you, you, you can't do chemo and, and radiation and do some of the alternative therapies because they contradict each other. One is one is designed to allow your body to heal itself naturally, and one is designed to um, basically kill that cell so that your body can then hopefully build up new cells. They destroy the cancer cells so that you can rebuild your new cells. 
So, you know. For those who are recovering from major surgery and radical treatment, it makes good sense to help boost the immune system with natural products and formulas for speedy recovery, although doctors may not yet be able to embrace the natural uh, embrace natural alternatives in medicine. Widely read and knowledgeable people can easily learn how to get the best from both the natural and medical treatments. So why don't doctors prescribe natural alternatives? Number one, because they're contractually bound not to in a lot of instances. You ever, you ever notice you go to a doctor's office and all of the posters and signage in the, in the, in the doctor's office, a majority of it, is uh, sponsored by a, a pharmaceutical company? Like I went to the, uh, the orthopedic surgeon for my knee and on the wall was a picture of the knee. And, uh, and in that picture, in that picture, they had uh, um, all this um, like logos from the different companies that provided whatever it is that the orthopedic surgeon uses. So let, let me ask you a question. Let's say you take your car to get an oil change. And let's say all you want is an oil change. But you take your car in there and not only do they have the, the uh, Pennzoil oil company thing on there, but they also have the STP um, um, air filter, oil filter, um, and they have um, champion spark plugs, logos all over the place or whatever. And they try to convince you that not only do you need a uh, an oil change, but you also need to change your spark plugs and your oil filter and your air filter and all these other things. The reason they're doing that is because those companies that give them an ad advertising, they, they give them kickbacks. Same thing with, with doctors. They give them kickbacks. So that's what's going on. You go to a doctor's office, look at all the posters on the wall, and then ask yourself, when a doctor is giving me a prescription for whatever it is they're giving me a prescription for, why are they giving me a prescription for the exact same thing that there's a thing on the wall with the poster that has a big logo for that company that, that has that drug or that, that, that therapy on it? Uh, and don't you think it's odd when you ask a doctor, hey, instead of me taking that, you know, I've got some of this other stuff left over from the last procedure we did and it's still good. Can I take this other stuff instead? Most of the time they'll tell you, no, you need to take this new stuff. Don't take that other stuff. But, but case in point, for my for my um, my uh, neck thing, my um, whiplash, they were like, okay, uh, we're going to give you a new muscle relaxant. This one you have to take one every 12 hours. Okay, great. I'm going to take that one every 12 hours. Well, it didn't work. And I'm like, hey, I call up the doctor. I'm like, hey, can I take this other muscle relaxant that you gave me for this thing you thought was part of my sciatica thing from my hip and my back? Can I take that stuff instead? Because it seemed to work better and work faster and make me less drowsy. Oddly enough, they were like, yeah, dude, go for it. Well, because my doctor knows that I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't like taking new stuff. So she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lori says, best conjecture of fact ever completely agree with you. Been there, done that. Didn't do what the doctor said. 18 years later, she's still alive. See? See? But then, and that's an individual choice. Everybody has an individual choice. Listen to their, their doctors, do their own research, do their own thing. My daughter had lymphoma, 
and she had to go through um, the process of getting treatment for that. And she followed all of the doctor's recommendations and she's completely healthy now, except for being kind of like loopy. But, um, you know, that's because she's in her 20s. So that's to be, ex you know, expected. So that's what's going on with that. So let's see. Let's see. I got it. Okay. 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 Um, we got this week in comedy history. Did that. Word of the week, Sam Hill. Um, Josie and Joby did that. Trivia did that. Conjecture fact did that. Alpo survival tip of the week, we did that. The breakdown was Halloween. Hopefully next week we'll have Joe on and Marty. Um, Marty on. Buddy Marty. So it'll be cool. So until then, we'll have to uh, see what goes on. You know, you know what's really funny about that is I got new. Um, I got instead of getting copyright claimed every time we do a show, I decided to uh, take my own music that I composed, and hopefully we won't get copyright claimed anymore. So look at that, 41 minutes. I did the entire show in 41 minutes. That's it. That's the whole show. Here, listen to this stuff. Listen to that. Isn't that great? Oh, isn't that great? Huh. Listen to that. The old way of living with diabetes Oops. is a pain. I, I accidentally hit a commercial. Coast to coast, don't it? Huh. I wrote this. I performed this. It's off my album Psycho Spaz. Huh. Alright, see y'all next week. <laughs>